1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the French Catholic Cafe, the uh, cappuccino and the uh, the croissant.
2: It's winding down. It's Deacon winding Jeff.
1: down, and I'm going to miss this, because you can't go to McDonald's and get a croissant.
2: Wh- We are, but you know what's really good is we've spent this time spiritually and seeing how the Order of Malta helps spiritually these people bring them to to Lourdes for healing. And spiritual
1: is important. It
2: is, but we also do other things that are more corporal works of mercy to help the sick and the poor. That's right.
1: That's why we have spiritual works in the church and corporal works because, you know, our our Lord.
2: They go together. That's right. He healed the sick and and he gave us eternal life. And we have a guest to talk about that, don't we? Exactly.
1: We have Tom Wessels. He's a knight of Malta in obedience, uh, and he's the president of Malteser international americas and Part so of the order yeah i know that sounds tom welcome to a luxurious corner booth
3: thank you deacon jeff and robert
1: yeah we want to get you close to the mic so we make sure we, right. uh, we hear got it you. that okay. sounds good and so uh, so i'm glad you're here tom to tell us about uh malteser international uh, americas and what what the heck that is because a lot of people might think I'm malteser. Not malteser. Yeah,
2: that's, kind of a, that's not a very catchy name in english sometimes
1: yeah so yeah. what what first of all tell us tell us what we're talking about here
3: Depending on your language ability, it is Malteser or Malteser. Malteser. To Malteser International Americas. Um, it's part of the Order of Malta and it's part of Malteser International. And Malteser International Americas acts on our Catholic values where we're helping people and empowering them. Mm. Given them the tools they needed to rebuild their lives and their communities
1: right and and obviously our the spiritual aspects of the order will inform that or, or give you the basis for doing it, but usually the focus is not like um, uh, teaching them about the faith and things like that so much as just helping the people that are in need of help.
3: Those who know a bit about Malta know about our two missions, defending the faith, learning the faith, and right. then taking care of the sick and the poor. And it's that second one where yeah. we're out in the field in various countries doing just that. As a matter of fact, we provide humanitarian assistance, disaster relief, sustainable development, focused on treating all people with dignity.
1: Yeah, now that's a, that's a key because the, the world right now is struggling with human dignity, right? We have so many people that are uh, just in a, living in oppressive situations, but then we also have people that are experiencing what might seem oppressive from nature, yeah, you know, like it, the
2: Syrian refugees. Don't we do a lot? I mean, w- with refugees and countries and things like that. Huh?
3: Mer- yes, we do. We we, we uh, uh, are involved all around the world in about 120 120? Uh, yes.
1: Well, the, you know, the Order of Malta is is worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. So a lot of people might think. Wow, that's that's a big deal. So you guys are going everywhere where the problems are. Uh,
3: Malteser International is. Uh, my responsibility is the Americas, which is 29 countries going from Canada, the United States, Central and South America, and the Caribbean. And just to give you an example, Ecuador in 2016, we had 400 people plus pass away because mm. of the earthquake. Mm. We were immediately there trying to help in the aftermath of it. Uh, we've been in Haiti for ten years, all sorts of things in Haiti. They've got hurricanes that come through every couple of years. And, yeah. yeah, it's just it's. Just, and when you
1: have a when you, when you have a um, uh, a country that just just has problems with infrastructure to begin with, right? They don't have the the the, the, the hospitals, the ambulance services, uh, and certainly if they do, they're not up to up to snuff. Certainly. It is a
3: great point, and frankly, one of the first things I did upon assuming the role was to get boots on the ground. I've been to Haiti and I've been Colombia. And, yes, I know what the literature says, and I know what the annual reports say. But until you physically get there and you see that people do not have latrines, right, a place to go to the bathroom, right, number one or number two, yeah, it's just just out in the ordinary. They do not well, we have, don't
1: talk about the numbers here on the show. Do we? We just, we don't have to, <laughs> but but your you point can leave that out, <laughs> Yes. I yeah. mean, we, we
3: do not realize that. And let me you go to Columbia and realize they do not have electricity. So what do you do at night? Right. You can light a candle or a kerosene lamp. What that does possibly is fall over and create fires. Right. So there's so many things that we're accustomed to in our world that are and, not in existence. And, Tom, night. I
2: think from just work with the Order of Malta Maltese, people don't realize in the third world, if we have an earthquake in the United States, it's bad. But we have building codes. So our buildings are built <laughs> with some under, you know, ability to resist disasters. When they build these shacks in the third world – if they have a um, an earthquake, there's rubble.
1: Yeah, Robert. You know, we hear like uh, an earthquake in in the in the states. It's like five point something. We're like, well, you know, that's it was it was a, it was a little shaker, right. you know. But a five point something in a place where they have no building codes and they have rumble, uh, just is going to tear all the buildings down.
2: And here, Tom, and I think my understanding is, and it's not the earthquake; it's the aftermath where all the water is contaminated with sewers, so people have no clean water. It's all of that where the real help in saving lives comes in in the aftermath, isn't it?
3: No no doubt. And, yes, the world will respond to disasters. You'll have Caritas, you'll have Red Cross, you'll have the Order of Malta and Malteser be there. But who remains after everybody has initially gone in? Malteser International. That's why we are in the countries we're in. We're in five countries in, in my particular area, and as I said, we're over 120 countries around the world. We're there to continue the relief, the reconstruction and the rehabilitation long after the disaster.
1: Yeah. I was, I was going to say, that the, when, when you say those things and you talk about reconstruction and rehabilitation, those imply you know, relief. You can give some immediate relief, but then long-term relief. And then when you're talking about reconstruction, it's like, well, you're staying behind, and you're helping to build the buildings, and you're to rebuild whatever instra- infrastructure, maybe make it better than what they had before to, to bring that. Uh, that's, a, that's, a tough, that's a tough job. Well, I mean.
3: we assume people know how to rebuild a home. We assume people know how to build a latrine. If they did, they would have latrines. Yeah. They don't. They don't. They take from the sea water, and it right. may or may not be fresh water. In in Haiti and Valence, where we are, uh, we are reconstructing a aqueduct to bring fresh water 30 miles into the country, so many many communities can have fresh water. And what do you do with water? That's hygiene. That's nutrition. All those things that we can take for granted, they need.
1: Now it's uh, nice. Uh, it's, it's awesome that 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 the order uh, through Malteser International goes into these places, and that that's wonderful. And it's nice that they stay. But uh, do you do you work with the people? How how do you interface? As you show, you don't. I know it's nice to have a knight in shining armor, literally a knight. I guess knight, very good. <laughs> Who yes. comes in? But the, but the reality is, I, I know you don't just stay up on that horse. Uh, you know, but you, you interface with the people, don't you?
3: Very good. We do charge in uh, on a on a car, a horse, or a vehicle, whatever. But, yes, we want to uh, empower them to be able to do what they need to do to go forward from here. Part of our team is disaster risk reduction. We educate and say, okay, if this happens again, how are you going to react to it? What are you going to do? You know, some examples uh, in, in Columbia... When we had the hurricane that came through uh, last fall that came up the east coast, mm-hmm. well, we knew what happened to Florida and on up the east coast, and Haiti as well. But you forgot it went along into the Gulf, and it got northern Columbia. That didn't occur to me until I was physically on the ground, and I saw people who had huts that were like seven feet tall. They had six feet of water. So anything they had in their so-called hut What's they're living is gone. It's gone. And it, it's, it's mind by So what do we do? We try to help. Okay, what happens the next time? Should you be in the low area, right? yeah. Uh Should you maybe put some, uh, some of your materials high ground? You know, basically, it makes sense to us, but they just need to get used to that.
1: Right. And and so there's a little education that goes along no doubt. No doubt. Uh, along with the process. Now, do you ever get any kind of pushback or red tape? Or you guys, you know, with the governments and working, you've got to develop relationships, don't you, with some of these well, let, entities?
3: Thank you for mentioning the word government. So let me, again, the structure of Maltese International is an international in scope. They get an awful lot of great funding from the country of Germany and lots of uh foundations and corporate things in germany which then helps come finance some of our projects that we mm. do in my part of the world yeah so yes it's a little bit different world and if you've traveled you may have seen people running around in white shirts that say Malteser international those are volunteers we have knights and dames who are interested in our things but we really don't have the volunteers that the Europe has. But Maltese International has been around since 1956. So they're a little bit ahead of Maltese International America. We've only been around a few so years. So you
1: you've got a goal to get.
3: Got a goal. You got a goal forward to, get. to And
1: So it's good uh, in, in constantly working. Now, do you have like a uh, – you've got to have some kind of protocols and processes. Like what happens when you're watching the weather and you see this big hurricane brewing and you know something's going to happen and it, it just it rolls over Haiti? Yes, well, you know, it what, rolls. What do you do? Are you sitting there, uh, do you, like, finish your bowl of Lucky Charms, and you're like, i, I got to get on the phone, we're going to have to get busy on that? How does that work?
3: No doubt. the It rolls from the top as well. Malteser International is watching around the world, and they are literally around the world for disaster and uh, humanitarian needs. And that comes on down to our area where our executive director, right mm-hmm. now we're in Miami and we're moving to New York City in uh in June, they monitor that stuff 24/7. Right. So if I happen to wake up and I see something that's happening in our particular area, by the time I call Robbie Triptrap, who's our executive director, he's already downloaded what he has from our corporate, right. our corporate, or above. Uh, headquarters so to speak and everything else that's the world that they live in Jeff that it's is a constant. disaster humanitarian they know what's going on around the world so
1: what about uh like the the, the people actually who are being affected by it? let's say it's a natural disaster i mean do they expect that you know that they have to wait like 6 weeks before someone comes in or how how fast do, do people get on the get on the ground and and get into work
3: disaster preparedness and response The response is an important part. A lot of that depends on whether you can get in. Frankly, some countries, you need to get clearance before you come in to assist. Some countries will say, no, no, let us see what we can do. And then if we need you, I mean, we may be ready, willing, and able to jump in. But they haven't opened the door yet. But
2: don't our diplomatic relations with the orders help with a lot of these third world countries with getting in?
3: Very good point, Robert. We do have diplomatic relations with over hundreds of countries. We have some papal nuncios through the Vatican in various countries. Well... They all know us they know what our capability are. we have a great reputation around the and world And that
2: helps get it because weren't we in Haiti I think we were in Haiti before the United States was we, when the earth yes, we we, we've ago. been in
3: Haiti you know for ten years frankly exactly. ten years and now we're in another part we're in the other part of Bells outside of city Soleil and then there are other medical things that the Order of Malta does in the country of Haiti but you 're exactly right. If we can get in the door without having to go through the the blue tape and what have you, we can be right there to assist and respond.
1: That's awesome. We're talking to Tom Wessels. He's a, a Knight of Malta, and he's the president of Malteser International Americas. Uh, we're going to talk more to Tom about all the great works that the Order of Malta does, especially through Malteser International Americas and the other uh, associations or groups of Malteser International. Uh, in just a moment, before we do that, though, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, com. Also, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, Deacon Jeff at com. And with that, we'll be right back.
4: I'm Bester Zemski. And this is another great moment in church history. Just imagine what it would have been like to sit at the feet of one of the twelve and hear the gospel proclaimed firsthand from someone who saw, touched, walked, and talked with the Lord Jesus himself. This is just what St. Polycarp did as a student of St. John the last of the beloved apostles to die. St. Polycarp was Bishop of Smyrna and a very holy man. As a member of the second generation of church leaders, he faced many new challenges, challenges even the original twelve apostles did not face. There were many early heresies, challenges to the truth of Christ and the authority of the church. But above all, St. Polycarp was a man of God, and he faced these challenges head-on his entire life. He was a beacon of truth for the early church. The heretic Marcion, who taught error about the nature, existence, and relationship of good and evil, matter and spirit, challenged St. Polycarp, demanding he recognize his heretical sect. "'Recognize us, Polycarp,' he demanded. St. Polycarp responded, "'I recognize you, yes, I recognize the son of Satan.'" St. Polycarp was to give his life in service to the church, just as his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A very early document, The Martyrdom of Polycarp, tells the heroic story of his death. When in his 80s, St. Polycarp was arrested, he was offered the opportunity to save his own life if he would simply swear his allegiance to Caesar. To this request, St. Polycarp answered, If you imagine that I will swear by Caesar, you do not know who I am. Let me tell you plainly, I am a Christian. It was ordered that St. Polycarp be burned at the stake. As the fire was lit, witnesses heard a long and beautiful prayer uttered from the mouth of the saint. In part, they heard, Lord God Almighty, I bless you for having made me worthy of this day and this hour. I bless you because I may have a part, along with the martyrs, in the chalice of your Christ. As St. Polycarp said Amen, his captor stoked the fire. But it is reported that the fire did not burn him. It miraculously formed an arch around him, causing him to resemble what the martyrdom document says was gold and silver glowing in a furnace. They finally had to stab him to death. St. Polycarp's Feast Day is February 23rd. I'm Bess and this is another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff,
1: and we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Robert Hutton. We're still on pilgrimage, and we're talking to Tom Wessels, who's a knight of Malta, uh, and he's also the president of Malteser International. Very important work. Exactly right, Tom. I imagine that your involvement with Malteser International is something that is uh, an amazing thing to be able to. You talk about experiencing things when you get on the ground. I imagine you got some really cool stories of just the people that you've met, the people who, who've seen the helping hand of the Order of Malta through Malteser. Tell us some of, the, some of the stories.
3: Well, I mentioned in the first section about having boots on the ground, and that, that comes from my prior military experience. And in order to look at the terrain and see what's out there, I felt I needed to, to do that. So you get there, and you run into... Uh, families that have uh, what we would say a couple acres of land, and they live off that land. So mm-hmm. they've got to produce food to live in. And I mentioned they may not have electricity. Right. So how do you compare that to a farmer in in our particular lovely country that they're able to do that? So we do definitely provide. Uh, we. Given some solar lighting and what have you to, to help them in that particular case, but part of our partners and what have you go in and bring up to date agricultural techniques to these people yeah. who haven't really gotten out in the world. They may not have been five miles from the way that they, they might think of you live.
1: as magicians. You know, it's like, how did you know to do that and make that happen? It is
3: mind-boggling when you turn on lights for yeah. somebody who does not have lights um, in Haiti. God love them. Um, there's these mangrove bushes or trees that grow along. The beach area, well, guess what gets cut down if people want to burn wood because they don't have electricity or whatever. So those things disappear. What's that do for the erosion of the beach and and, and what have you? So in some of our projects and what have you, we're rebuilding gardens, uh, showing them how to really plant and get uh, continual production of food and what have you, but also keep the soil erosion from ruining their neighborhoods. Uh, We have built latrines and i've visited schools where the kids have little holes and that's where they mm. go to the bathroom and then, and they, it, then
1: they get latrines what, how, but what do you feel like when you see the like what's what's taking place i mean what does that how does that make you feel
3: well i i was thrilled to see latrines that were built yeah they've got to have the culture to get used to
1: going yeah, that?
3: to a <laughs> retreat they've got to get the culture of oh here is water over here sanitation wise Let's, let's use the water to clean and get uh-huh. healthy and what have you. Uh, there's so much we call that wash, water, sanitation, and, and hygiene in the humanitarian right. world. That has to be continually reinforced. The kids are beautiful. They're smiling and what have you. we just got to go that next step to getting prepared for, to live a better life.
1: What other kind of projects have you guys worked on?
3: Some interesting ones. People know about HIV. Right. In Mexico, we work with mothers who happen to have HIV, but we're working with them so that their children do not get HIV infection. So you've got to educate the mother. You just can't uh, live recklessly, and you just cannot uh, without proper hygiene and what have you. Or guess what? Your children end up with the same unfortunate situation that you have. And uh, that's in Mexico City. In Peru, we have uh, food nutrition And uh, safety programs, we make sure that they have a reasonable diet to allow them to grow up as we might be able to do in this United States and what have you. Um, Or else in in Haiti, we're unfortunately (laughs) cleaning out uh, garbage. There's garbage in the the streets. And it's just, you know, if you don't have your own little neighborhood and you don't have your own little... Latrine, wherever you are, you do whatever it is, and that means throwing garbage out and what right. have you. So we help clean up things. That's, so, a, lot stu- that's
1: th- a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. And you know, right now, I think the world is uh, what's always on our, our the front burner for pretty much the whole world is, is discussion and talk about refugees and, and the plight of refugees and the problems. Are, does, is Maltais involved in helping? God bless refugees?
3: you for bringing that, because I said we are moving from Miami to New York City, and last month we coordinated at the United Nations a women refugee mm. seminar. Ravi Triptrop, our executive director, and we had six other panel members from uh, around the world talked about the refugee issues in respect to women. But all around the world, it doesn't matter what country, there are issues. I've been to Colombia. You don't think that there's refugees in Colombia. In Colombia, they have pushed various parts of their society from the south, pushed to the north just to get them out. So yeah. they go, one, enter one part of the country they go into a new part of the country what's in the new part of the country no water no shelter uh not the same environment that they grew up in so yeah. there's always an adjustment
1: and all the refugee camps and all the problems that are, ensue from that so as true well. so it's true. so awesome now if someone were watching or listening to this they could watch their radio i suppose but if you're listening to this and you're probably thinking like i want to find out more information great point uh, what what uh, how do they go about doing that
3: I would start at the Order of Malta since we 're part of the Order of Malta. If you went to the order of malta dot int
1: right international for so order of malta int
3: and then you would click under the next link would be humanitarian and medical activities Okay. under that you would see the things that the Order of Malta is involved with the, a lot of people have heard of the Holy Family Hospital in bethlehem that 's great work a lot of people have heard of the the Global Fund for forgotten people they, they kind of raise money for everybody else. Malteser International, I mentioned, particularly in Europe, has all sorts of volunteers. So Uh they've got a volunteer program. And then they have Malteser International. We've been around uh, since 1956. The Global Fund's been around for 11 years. The Holy Family Hospital's been around for 26 years. That's a start to see what we do. You want to go specifically to Malteser International America, go Order of Malta Relief
1: .org. Okay, so org.
3: That's what we do. That's what we do, and you can see what we're doing in the Americas, and God bless anybody who's interested in helping. One thing I would suggest, if this appeals to you, by going to that site, you can sign up for the newsletter that's called On the Spot in the Americas, and you'll see all sorts of things. The, the last week, we had an article on a, a young man who learned how to make honey. Guess what? That feeds his family. <laughs> Because the bees wow. are out there naturally, and they learn how to do that and raise the honey. and next thing you know, they're earning a buck and feeding their family.
1: Is that something that the would help him do? Sure, them?
3: that's the we have work with the programmers that come in sustainability uh, and Yeah, stuff the is local such a key people part. who have knowledge of the area, but the natives may not, they go in there and say, "Hey, look what you can do." Oh my God, and they go on from there. not that
1: amazing? so order of dot org you find out more information. Now, what if somebody said, you know, I, I need to leave my $10 million fortune somewhere. I'm sure you guys could hook him up with somebody there.
3: Well, Deacon, you-, you know, we're a nonprofit. We're like every other nonprofit. We would accept uh, any and all. And yes, over time it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. What I would say, and people need to know, we are fortunate enough to get the institutional grants and governmental grants mm-hmm. from, from Germany. We've got to match some of that to get the leverage. Right. All right? So you
1: could use some help. We
3: also need to take care of headquarters staff and what have you. So, yes, there's always a need to be out there. And if we can tell the story, I'm here on the pilgrimage, unsolicited, a fellow I know that I haven't talked to it about. He came up to me and gave me an envelope. It was a contribution unsolicited. I'm deeply grateful, and we'll send it on, on to headquarters. So, and so
1: or, again, orderofmaltorrelief dot and you could push a button,
3: and you could you know could donate that way. Sure, Ab-
1: absolutely, and also certainly, I, I think you would rely and count upon uh, the prayers of the people and the concern. God love you, and so so keep just finding out more information, finding out what's going on, and just really being active and involved and being aware of just the state of existence for so many. Human beings on the planet.
3: Now, the interesting thing is we are Maltese International Americas, and we've got a good life. But Americas is not just the United States of America. Right. As I said, it's Canada down in Central and South America and the Caribbean.
1: They can get a little There's dicey. a lot of
3: issues, a lot of issues. There's 29 countries that are my responsibility or our responsibility. A lot of things are going on there. And the, in the, the uh, humanitarian assistance disaster world, you just don't know when the next thing's going to happen.
1: We're talking to Tom Wessels. He's a Knight of Malta, and he's the president of Malteser International Americas. Uh, and uh, so, Tom, tell me this. Why – give me a little personal insight here. Why, why are you so involved in this? What, what, what is it that you're doing? What do you get Thank out you. of this? Thank
3: you. Thank you. Well, as a, as a Knight, prior to being a Knight, uh, I had a dual career in, uh, in the military and retired as a Major General. So the mission of doing things and getting things done, that appeals to me. About going into an organization such as this because they're responding yes, you, to you disasters. Don't
1: mind. I can, I get the sense you're a guy that doesn't mind going into the breach. Right? You've you've done that many not times. <laughs> exactly. I
3: enjoy it. I enjoy the activity, and I enjoy also the uh, the results. But we deliver our Catholic values to whatever we're doing. We're not just dealing with Catholics. We're dealing with anyone who right. needs their life to be improved.
1: Yeah, it's important that our, that people understand that our, our Catholic faith is important to us, but it should inform who we are and what we do. It's not that you're going down there trying to make Catholics. You're going down there to show them God's love.
3: Deacon Jeff, you were probably at the Mass yesterday, I believe, when uh, the homily was about the works that result because of the faith. Yeah. The works that result because of our faith, not the works alone, and we're delighted to do the works, but it's because of the faith we were able to bring those Catholic values to us.
1: That's great. So now in terms of um, Malteser International, and you say it's been around for a while, uh, is it something that uh, that people who, I mean, are, we, are you looking for volunteers and people might want to get involved?
3: Yes, sir. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, two things. I mentioned the four different organizations under the Order of Malta, and in Europe they do have volunteers. Mm-hmm. I would love... That's a secondary mission. I need to build up Maltese International Americas. But I'd also like to get folks that are interested in volunteering, and they're not knights or dames. Hopefully we get together periodically, right. tell them what we're doing. And if they can pick up a little bit of knowledge and help over time, that would be good.
1: That is awesome. So, Tom Wessels, thank you so much for being here with us, sharing this important information about uh, Malteser International Americas.
3: God bless you. Thank you.
1: We're going to end in prayer. We're here in Lourdes to pray to our Blessed Mother for her intercession and to watch over all those people in the world who need her motherly love. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women, women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother Amen. of God, pray, pray for, for us
0: sinners, me. now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com where you can find out more information about The Catholic Cafe, listen online, download MP3s, or subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee, Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation, one cup of coffee at a time.